What's up, guys? Welcome to Trollier Now Podcast. I'm Matt Travis, and I'm here with, as always, Dave. It's going to be Agent of Polemics on Twitter. And uh, now that Parlor's becoming a thing after this week, you can find me on there at Protestant Agent. Yep, yep. They're already trying to cancel cancel the, the parlor. Uh, some people. Yeah, I know. I know they're talking about taking uh, Parlor off the App Store. I guess they already took it off Google Play. Mm-hmm. Uh, is what I'm hearing. So, yeah, man. I think the way that works is as long as you have it downloaded before, you should still be able to use it. Uh, but of yeah. course, you're not going to be able to get any updates or anything like that. So, yeah, that's the problem. A, kind of a death by attrition, sort of at that point, you know. Yeah, and that's exactly why I just deleted it and just logged in on my on my browser and then dropped it. You know, it said add it to the home screen. It's literally the same sure. thing. That's what a lot of people don't get like an app on your on your device, like a like an official Android or Apple app, is literally the same thing as their website um, when it comes right. to Twitter and Twitter and Gab and all slightly different interface, maybe, but yeah, pretty yeah. much exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. The browsers are good enough. The the issue uh, for a while might have been like the browsers weren't really good enough. Um, right. So it yeah, it and, and before slower, websites had but before websites had mobile versions of their uh, yeah. actual web page, you know. But yeah. dude, pretty much every major website now has a mobile version anyway. So yeah. So anyway, uh, you guys can find us there. Um, on, yep, I'm uh, at Matt Travis Media. He's at Agent of Polemics. Um, and uh, yeah, go follow us. Check it out. We got we got good stuff. We're basically geniuses. So, you know, <laughs> if you guys haven't figured that out, you know, you're probably not. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But today we're talking about the obvious because, um, uh, well, it's yeah, it's today. Um, yeah. So, it's been so a heck of, of a week, hadn't it, man? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I had a I had a tweet uh, a few days ago, or no, yesterday. I'm sorry. I put something along the lines of uh, 2021. Um, 2020 was so horrible that it it's uh, that the the snakes and the liars are still being exposed by it through 2021 or something like that. I don't know. I just that's not that's not even close to what the tweet said, but something along those lines. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, to that point, though, dude, this stuff, in my opinion, is fantastic for the church, you know, mm-hmm. um, because exactly like you said, you know, maybe expose isn't the word that they would use, but they're definitely uh, showing their cards. They're definitely putting it all out on the table and you can't really hide behind this pretended uh, fake neutrality that we all knew was uh, the quote unquote political homeless position that people have pretended to take in Big Eva. Yeah. They can't really do that anymore. Um, speaking of tweets, I don't know, I don't know if you saw uh, K-Dub's tweet, Chris Williams, but he said, you know, in quotation marks, I'm politically homeless. And then in asterisks underneath, cheers loudly for Democrats. <laughs> and it's like, yep, every single time. You know? <laughs> yep. Yep. That is 100% accurate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so it's I, been. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was, just, I was just saying, yeah, yeah, it's been crazy. And um, so, so obviously we're talking about Capitol building being, you know, stormed um we're talking about um the reaction to it from from a lot of people in big eva particularly the reaction of people who had nothing to say about blm for seven months um then the whataboutism that that comes from that i see a a ton of people you know saying that you're participating in whataboutism you point out inconsistencies um um and along with another of them other uh uh uh, what do you call it? Objections that we're going to get to 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 pointing out the inconsistencies of Big Eva. So, so we'll just kind of jump into this. Um, um, I know you had some stuff on on the Georgia election. Did you did you want to talk about that first, or do yeah. you just want to jump into this this? Uh... 
So to be honest, man, on the Georgia election, unfortunately, it seems pretty clear cut, right? Like, I don't think we really need to to bring up any articles or news stories or anything on it. I'll just, before we get into the bulk of what's obviously going to be the discussion, which is the Capitol building going forward, um, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the election. Um, obviously, I know, you know, as a conservative, you're not extremely excited about it, but what do you think the impact is going to be on the country moving forward? Do you think it's going to be as dramatic as... Um, you know, some of the uh, tweets and threads and articles from the right seem to make it. Do you think it's going to be a little more moderated? What do you kind of think? Um, that's a good question. It's this is a uh, just realized I have my screens in the wrong spot, so I had to switch them around. But um, this is um, I don't know. It I could see it affecting it. People are forgetful. Not that they'll entirely forget it. But people forget yeah. that they like took this ultra stand like I'm not even voting anymore because it's pointless. And the next election comes around and you're voting again. Right. Yeah. So so will it have an effect? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I think the events that happen from here on out will determine whether it has an effect or not. I don't think that that Georgia alone and people think thinking that it was stolen is going to stop them because in the end, people are still going to rationalize. And, and I say rationalize, but really, this is kind of true, in my opinion, that it doesn't hurt to show up and vote. So you might as well show up and vote just in case they can't do enough fraud to win whatever election is happening in your state or your city or the country. Um, And I think that's where we'll end up in two years is we'll end up with basically the same turnout that you would have had, whether all this stuff happened or not. And now with all this stuff, the stuff happening at the Capitol and the left, you know, condemning it and people in big Eva condemning it and, and kind of the moderates on the right condemning it while having not really paid that much attention or at the very least not paid enough attention to the BLM and Antifa riots. Um, I think this is going to kind of fire up the Republican base again to want to, you know, get their people in power again. So, yeah. And I mean, history would tell us that tends to be the case, right? I mean, uh, house and Senate seats tend to swing the other direction, depending on what parties in power, just historically, at least in the last 50 years or so. Yeah. Right. So, um, I would not be surprised if that's the case. What I do think is, um, just from a purely policy standpoint, a lot of it is going to come down to whether the more radical Democrats have the courage of their convictions, if you will, and try to end the filibuster. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm sure you've heard uh, Joe Manchin out of West Virginia, right? Um, basically, as a Democrat said, hey, look, I'm not going to vote to in the filibuster and stuff like that, which would uh, which would give them a 5149 yeah. uh, vote against ending it. Um, but yeah. And, and then, you know, I wonder, too. And this Have you ever thought about. Now, how, uh, if I may comment on that specific thing real quick, have you ever thought about how weird it is that the filibuster can be ended without needing as many votes as the filibuster requires? Well, so that's what I was about to ask. Can you filibuster a vote to end the filibuster? And I would imagine you could, right? And and maybe that's you know uh, maybe that's a question I should know the answer to before I bring it up on the podcast. But <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't think that you would be able to end it with a pure 51 vote majority, right? But, but uh, maybe you can. I'm not sure. I think you can, though, because it, it, sh- it should be the same process as, uh, of course, Harry Reid did it whenever, whenever yeah, they had power the for the lower appeals court mm-hmm. judges. Um, and then and then Mitch McConnell did it for the, the Supreme Court after Harry Reid had done it for the appeals court judges because he told them, if right. you do this, we're going to do it for all of it. Um, and And there's no way that if they could have filibustered it, they wouldn't. The Democrats back when it Right, for sure. 
Yeah, and it, it, so it seems like a procedural vote that they uh, they're able to override it with a pure majority for each line item, you know, or not line item, but each um, you know specific uh, proposal that's brought forward. So I wonder, you know, if the proposal is ending the filibuster, I guess you could vote to override the filibuster with 51 votes and then vote it out with 51 votes. But I mean, that seems seems pretty crazy to me that you would even be able to do that. Hey, whatever, right? Yep, yep. See. All right. Well, we got that figured out. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. It didn't take it didn't take that much effort because we're basically geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but uh but yeah, so so yeah, and to your point on on some of that stuff, um, of course the biggest worry is the packing of the court and that sort of thing. Uh, that that could be a big issue. Um Yeah. Puerto Rico is a state, you know, yeah, that sort yeah. of additional uh, Senate seats that Republicans are never going to win. So. Yeah. And those, those would have impacts on things like it, it would open up where they could legalize tens of millions of legal immigrants, which are likely going to vote more liberal and that, and that sort of thing, which would really damage. Um, and then of course, Puerto Rico itself being a state is probably going to vote more liberal. Um, so, right. so it just leaves you in a situation where it makes it much more hard, uh, much harder for, for Republicans to win elections. Well, um, here's what I'll say. We're pretty much, uh, you know, to the point now where as conservatives, um, the fate of how left the country's going to swing is in the hands of uh, more moderate Democrats like Joe Manchin, which I think it goes without saying that's not a place you want to be in as a conservative, right? Uh, just yeah. hoping against hope that the Democrats won't cave to their radical base. So we'll see, man. I mean, uh, you know, it sounds cliche to say and, a lot of times it's used as an excuse to avoid these discussions entirely. At the end of the day, you know, God's on the throne and, uh, and he'll bring us through it one way or another. Right. Yep. A woman. A woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. But, uh, but anyway, so, so what these Georgia, um, what the Georgia election led to, of course, as we all know, as we've watched over the past three days is this insanity with capital riots and with, and with the response to it, as we've kind of discussed at the beginning of this. Um, um, so, so I guess we get, we might as well start with, with our, oops, that's buzzing. Don't know if y'all heard that. Um, we might as well start with, um, with um, kind of our thoughts. We might as well start with our, our virtue signal on how bad the capital riots were, because that's, that's a of necessary course. qualification. You, of course, you must condemn. Yes. You must condemn, obviously. Um, yes. And I do, man. I totally do. disavow. So, <laughs> I totally disavow the capital rights, and and you know we're we're kind of laughing or whatever. But but it, legitimately, um, I don't think you can be consistent uh, in your position of the um, with the BLM rights, with the Antifa rights, and stuff like that, um, and then give this kind of stuff a pass, right? So my position on yeah. it's pretty basic, and that position is. Hey, if you knowingly and openly violate the law, you are therefore liable for the consequences of that, right? And I would think that goes um, especially for uh, something as extreme, if you will, as kind of storming the Capitol building, right? That's a little bit more than jaywalking. I think everybody can agree, right? People are calling it, um, people are calling it insurrectionist and stuff like that. Um, sure, maybe. Um, I would imagine for that term to really apply or have any meaning, there would have to be some sort of a plan other than we're going to break into the Capitol and take selfies and yeah. steal a pen from Nancy Pelosi. 
you know? Um, so I think maybe that's a little bit of a rhetorical flair that people use, but I have no issues with, with rhetorical flair. I employ it all the time. Right. So, um, yeah, it's a bad thing. It shouldn't have happened. Uh, yeah, safe. probably the best description I saw, but I can't remember who it was. Um, and I can see his face in my, in my, in my head, but I can't, I can't think of who it was, but, um, he basically said that, uh, he basically said, so is this, was this, uh, just like a really stupid opportunity to go joke around and then get thrown in federal prison? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's, um, but you know, here, here goes half our viewers, uh, from me referencing this guy, but Michael Knowles, <laughs> if you're familiar with him, uh, I like the guy, I listen to him, you know, people have their opinions on him, but he said, what are the, what do these guys think? Do they think it's a video game? You know, do they think they're going to beat the level of, hey, you know, the, the final boss of this video game is I go sit in the Speaker of the House's chair. And then what do you know? I wake <laughs> up and I'm back on my couch. No, dude, you're about to go to prison for 10 years. Yep. You know, like, why are you throwing away your life and yeah, getting was... felony? <laughs> to... I don't even know what they're doing. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a virtue signal, like just being idiots. I'd, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they think they were trying to accomplish, <laughs> but whatever. There was one idiot. He's like a 55-year-old dude, too. I'm like, how are you making these decisions at like 55? Seriously, dude. And uh and uh he's you know, he's in Nancy Pelosi's office with like his feet on her desk or something, leading back. There's a picture of him, and I'm like, okay, that that'll get you put in jail. And then there's a picture of him outside with a piece of her mail. I'm like, that's a federal crime. <laughs> what that's are you another doing? felony. Yeah. Are, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's what an so idiot stupid. oh my goodness and, and hey, but you know what i bet he got 10 more followers on instagram so let's talk about least. what really matters <laughs> at you least know? you I know mean, with, grief, with somebody like that at least i can go like okay at least he's kind of a boomer probably and uh you know he doesn't <laughs> know how the internet works but then you have people yeah. like like baked alaska and i'm like yeah you literally make your living off the internet and you don't understand that posting things of yourself online, doing things illegal is going to put you in, in prison or in jail. Yeah. So here's, so here's something that people have brought up, right? It's not an original thought with me, but I'm interested in your take on it. There's a lot of uh, thoughts flying around that people thought that they might get away with it because of how few arrests were made over the past six to nine months of uh, the Antifa and the BLM protests, right? And I know we'll, we'll get more specifically into that. But so two things, right? One, yeah, go for okay, it. yeah, maybe, maybe that's what you think. But two, dude, as the guys, so the people that are there are these QAnon conspiracy types that are breaking into the Capitol building, right? I'm not talking about the the tens of thousands, hundred thousand, whatever, just normal people that were there that want to be seen as a presence to to raise awareness for voter fraud or whatever, yeah. right? I'm talking about the guys that are actually breaking into the building, holding the, the signs that say QAnon sent me and stuff like that. Do these guys really think after they spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on the internet talking about conspiracy theories all day, that they're going to be treated the same as the people that they believe <laughs> are given free passes by the law because of the conspiracy they promote? Like, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You probably put it better than I could. I, I would use uh, the only thing I would point to other than that is hard examples of it. I mean, like Proud Boys gets in basically a fist, a, a normal like, yeah, if they had been at a bar, it wouldn't even nobody even would have gotten in trouble um, fist fight in New York right. with Antifa. And and some of those guys, I think two of them ended up in prison for like five years. 
because yeah, because they, sure. they tied them to Proud Boys and they called it a gang, which is a really retarded thing to call it. It's, it's pretty, a, yeah, it's pretty loose uh, terminology there. Yeah, loose yeah, usage of the gang. Yeah, yeah, and especially to use um, that whenever the intent of the law is obviously to use it to catch people who are murdering people over drug deals. Um, you know, to to use that to to categorize the Proud Boys as a as a gang, so that you can put somebody in prison for punching somebody else uh, for for a fairly long period of time. Um, yeah. especially on the basis that they did it because they were racist. Whenever the, one of the guys that went to jail was, uh, uh, has a black wife and black children. Like, yeah, well, he, they, but, he's, he's colonizing them. Yeah. 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 He's colonizing them. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, but obviously colonizing and fetishizing, you know, that's, that's how that works. <laughs> that's how that's explained away. Yeah. 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 But, um, what, but obviously <laughs> Matt, are you trying to tell me that someone can't be racist because they have a black friend? I've heard from many, exactly. many a critical race theorist. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the you know. Isn't, isn't it funny though that the answer to that question is kind of yes. <laughs> yeah. Like that's kind of what I'm saying. You know, it is. Like yeah, if if I'm friends with somebody who I treat as an equal and view exactly the same as myself, yeah, that kind of means I'm not racist. You know. Um, yeah, but of exactly. course that's of course that's that's not woke and that's way 1990s thinking right there. Yeah, that's always been one of the stupidest ideas ever. That that having black fins doesn't mean you're not racist. It's like, or having a black wife doesn't mean you're not racist, or you know, whatever, whatever. But black, yeah. whatever. It, you know, it's like, no, that's that that it's. Could I be racist? Yeah, I could. But like, are the odds astronomically lower if my best friend is black and I have like four or five other right. friends who are black and I'm a white dude? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're astronomically lower. Yeah, it's a good it's a good chunk of evidence. It should yeah. be considered. Right. We're, we're not talking about um, the guy, that, that jazz musician. I'm sure you've seen like the TED Talks and stuff with him, but the, the black dude that's a jazz musician that like kind of infiltrated the KKK and, uh, you know, became friends with some of them and got yeah. some of them to renounce their ways and stuff like that. Like we're not talking about, <laughs> sure. In that scenario, all right, cool. Yeah, you can have a, a black friend and be racist. But no, you can't view somebody as equal to you in stature and worth and, and judge them purely as an individual and not think about their skin color whatsoever, be racist. That's definitionally not racist, you know? Yeah. Which of course, which is obviously not racist is very different than anti-racist, which means not a capitalist as we know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Basically. All right. Well, uh, we kind of ran it on here for a little while. Let's go ahead and yeah, jump into the, the uh, main, main, uh, main topic, I guess. Um, so, well, we, well, uh, you know, we went over the Capitol riot. So let's talk about the response um, to it. So we've got oh, tweets galore. Hopefully I don't get lost looking for these tweets because there's so much like, like the activity on Twitter over the past, you know, 72 hours has just been insane. Um, oh, yeah. Let's start. Let's start with Russell Moore because you might as well start with the. Because why not? Of, of, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the standard bearer of lack of courage and and uh, exactly. snake-like behavior. Um, so Russell Moore said, um, and and this isn't a bad statement in and of itself. In fact, I would say he had three. I think he had three statements, particularly about this, and then one about Trump. The one about Trump, I think, was bad, but these three weren't necessarily bad in and of themselves. And this is one of them. I'm just going to read one because there's no reason to go through all three. This one says This mob attack on our Capitol and our Constitution is immoral, unjust, dangerous, and inexcusable. What has happened to our country is tragic and could have been avoided. Um, all right. So, so you had Russell Moore say that. Let's give another example here. 
Um, we've got oh, drop me off on a different place. That's all right. We'll, we'll do a quick scroll here. Um, we've got well, I'm just going to kind of kind of give a summary. Joe Carter said something similar. He he talked about well, no, let's not get into Joe Carter yet. That's kind of a different case. But you had uh, you had Russell Moore, then you had J.D. Greer say something very similar to Russell Moore, just basically condemning the events. Um, then you had um, who else? There was one other. There's one other like main figure that we had in mind. Who, who can do uh, well Tabidi talked about it anthony bradley talked about it a little bit from the presbyterian yeah. side of the house um obviously beth moore had her piece to say on it but yeah i think the big ones the big ones probably are russell uh Tabidi, um joe carter to a degree jd greer yeah, yeah. kind of the yeah, usual yeah. suspects honestly and most of them um i would say and you can kind of elaborate this i would say our issue with most of them is is that they pretty much just had nothing to say about black lives matter for seven months. Um, and, and, and I don't know if you want to elaborate on that or, or if you'd like me to go. Yeah, no, for sure, man. So I think, you know, when you read all of these tweets, the first thing that kind of strikes me is I don't really disagree with the tweets in, in general. Right. Um, there may be some, some lines of logic that I wouldn't necessarily apply, especially with Tabidi, uh, which maybe we'll get more into here in a minute. <laughs> Right. But but when you read uh, Russell Moore's tweet and it, it basically says, you know, um, and I'm going to butcher this because I don't have it in front of me, but it's essentially, hey, uh, some insurrection has stormed the Capitol. This is really bad. This could this didn't have to happen, but it did. And then he essentially calls on Trump to step down. Right now, do I think Trump should step down? No, I think that's stupid. He's gone in 11 days. Right. I think the people that are calling for him to step down are doing it specifically so. Um, they, in their mind, will have a win in the history books 50 years from now when Gen Z's kids are reading about Trump, right? I think that's the only purpose of, of him stepping down at this point. Um, that being said, though, I don't disagree with the fact that uh, what happened was bad, that it shouldn't have happened. Um, and, and even that some of Trump's rhetoric kind of stoked it, right? Even though specifically he did call for it to be peaceful, he told people to go home, right? I'm, I'm not laying the blame at the foot of Trump or saying he uh, called for this or anything like that. But I do think as a general rule, right, if you um, turn up the heat on the rhetoric, you're probably going to expect for some of these things to happen. Yeah, he gets a little right? crunk sometimes. So, so, that's the, so that's the first point of it. But the second point is they have zero credibility to speak on any of this. Okay. Zero credibility. We have over the past eight to nine months, 19 people have died, $2 billion in property damage from Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots. Nothing. Well, I shouldn't say nothing was said. In some of their cases, nothing was said. In some of their cases, it was excused or even justified. Right. So that's the big issue here. The issue isn't calling out Trump or Trump's behavior or more pointedly Trump's supporters in this scenario's behavior, right? The big issue is the lack of credibility from all of these voices, because it cannot be when my side engages in political violence, it's fine. When your side engages in political violence, it's evil. That cannot be the case. We can't have a country if that's the case. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and and, and to, to go further, one of his tweets said, this is a moral abomination. Every single person who stormed the Capitol and every single person who incited insurrection should be held accountable immediately to the fullest extent of the law. Every one of them. 
so it's 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 they are they're putting this extreme emphasis on it that that we should bring the hammer down on all of these people um whenever like you said they ignored they ignored the blm rights they they don't have any they don't have any uh they don't have any credibility to speak on on this issue and my issue is not only that they don't have credibility but that it actually shows that they're trying to drive a particular narrative it's obvious and and the reason why it's obvious is because you can't like it's almost impossible it's almost not impossible it's almost intentional in fact i would say it's not almost intentional either it is intentional it's impossible for it it's 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 irrational to think that it's not intentional that they kept quiet for seven months particularly like five months of that was like every single day cities were burning down every single day stores are being looted yeah for sure and it's not as though they weren't discussing political topics right because during all this time every time trump said something off color be it on twitter on a news interview whatever they were the first people to speak up about it right yeah so their nose is in politics so not that anyone would believe if someone were to suggest that, hey, maybe they just, you know, weren't super engaged in politics back then, they were focusing on, you know, in the case of Russell Moore, he was focusing on his book reviews, you know, his top 10 lists or whatever for for nine months, you know, yeah. Um, even if someone were to try to make that argument, it falls apart in that they're still being very, very critical of not only Trump, but Trump voters and, and some other Republicans as well. And that's right. kind of the thing, man, this this punch right, kiss left mentality, I think is the best sort of way to describe these guys. And it's so clear cut where they're actually coming from. Yeah. And of course, uh, we kind of just discussed answers the whataboutism criticism that, oh, you're just saying, you know, that's just whataboutism. Whenever the reality is, no, it's not whataboutism. We're, we're, I think you had a tweet where you said it's not whataboutism to expect um, consistency from your leaders. And that's, yeah. That you know, that kind of answers answers that, and what we kind of just said kind of answers the what aboutism uh, a question. If you have anything to add on that, go ahead. But um, but yeah. Uh, so so first of all, what aboutism in general would be if Trump supporters stormed the Capitol, and my response to that was whatever. That's fine because Black Lives Matter has been burning down the the country for nine months right yeah um first of all no one that i'm aware of did that now i'm sure if you go on 4chan and go to like q stuff or whatever yeah i'm sure you'll find it there right yeah. but the the major voices in sbc pca you know conservative denominations as well as conservative commentators stuff like that do to to a uh t i've heard them to a person i've heard them disavow this talk about how wrong it is etc right yeah but yeah so as far as the whataboutism charge specifically is concerned, that's not whataboutism, even, even if, um, sorry, what I'm saying is no one is engaging in whataboutism from a definitional standpoint. Now, that being said, really what you hear, right, is, well, we're not talking about BLM and Antifa right now. We're talking about the Capitol Police uh, being stormed. Will you condemn that, you know? And of course, everyone says yes, but, and then they say, why are you saying, but we're not, that's what about it. Of course, we already kind of demonstrated that it's not, but again, demanding saying but because you are liars. That's why we're saying, but exactly. <laughs> because exactly. you are intellectually dishonest fools. That's why we're saying, but yes. And, and this isn't the big thing for me with this, what about is charge, right? Is dude, this isn't like, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro versus chink Uyghur from the young Turks or whatever, right? This isn't a secular 
political discussion. This is within the church and it's being promulgated by church leaders. So yes. either sin is sin or it isn't, you know, it's yeah. either sinful for um, you to burn down people's private property and loot it and, and murder people and engage in political violence. That's either sinful or it isn't. And yeah. if it is sinful, which obviously it is, obviously it is right. You have to apply equal weights and measures. You can't just show partiality. And that's, that is the, if you were to ask me what the definitional aspect of um, the woke movement within the church is, it is a movement based upon showing partiality, right? Yeah. Whether it be in this scenario, whether it be skin color, whether it be wealth, whether it be whatever, definitionally, that is what the woke movement is. So that's kind of my, my thoughts on the whole whataboutism charge. And, and honestly, yeah. it's just ridiculous and it needs to be dismissed out of hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and to even go further than that, it's not even just that, that these leaders haven't spoken about the BLM Antifa issue. It's actually that they should have been, they should have been dealing with that in some way, commenting on it in some way, um, fairly regularly over the past seven months because it was happening so often and because the crimes are so heinous. So, 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 so for instance, I shared a post from, uh, I think it was Tyler Smith. I think that's his name, Tyler something. But anyway, um, a friend that I have on Facebook that runs a couple of, a couple of groups that I'm on. Some, some people might know him if they follow this uh, channel, but um, he said, uh, he basically said that like the, the two events that, or the two series of events that occurred, the one being the Capitol and then the, the other series of events being the last seven months of complete period of destruction. He said, they're actually in no way comparable. <laughs> like, like the former, the, the last seven months is actually far more heinous than what happened at the Capitol. Um, and he's right. He's right. And, 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 and of course, like, you know, it, it's kind of weird to compare um, um, an evil act to an evil act to evil. some degree. But it's not weird to say, and it's not wrong to say, that when something is obviously far, far worse, because more people have been killed. Um, you you kind of went through some stats earlier of, of, yeah. of what went on. So, so, I mean, the two big ones are minimum 19 people dead mm-hmm. in the Black Lives Matter slash Antifa riots uh, and $2 billion in yeah. property damage. Yeah, $2 and the only billion. thing that I've... And now, of course, no one talks about that. You know, yeah. it's property. It's irrelevant. Who cares? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, and then the only thing that I've seen from the Capitol is that, uh, that's, I don't know if you saw him, that Democrat Senator, the Asian guy, uh, picking up bottles in the New York post article. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, that's man. funny. It's the, the New York post article is tiled. Uh, it's, it's something like, you know, you know, uh, whatever his name is, the Senator helps, helps um, um, clean up damage from whatever. And there's like a picture of him picking up water bottles off the ground. <laughs> nice. And so of yeah. course people were sharing, you know, places on fire from BLM riots and being mm-hmm. like, uh, I think this is damage and that's more just somebody left their water bottles. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I know there were at least from the videos we saw, there were at least broken windows and stuff. And yeah, yeah you know, there, people, there was some damage. Pe- people were grabbing podiums and whatever, you know, so there was some, but I do think it's also kind of important to realize um, still evil, still sinful, but there is a bit of a difference between um, destroying federal property, mm-hmm. which is terrible. You know, I mean, I'm, you'll, 
I'm sure at some point we'll do a podcast on monuments and stuff like that, you know, and yeah. should we really tear down George Washington statues, you know? Um, so anyway, destroying federal par- property, it's terrible. It's sinful. You shouldn't do it. But there is a difference too, between that and burning down someone's private business, their small business, that is their livelihood. Yeah. And of course people say, well, whatever in- insurance is going to reimburse them. It's going to, it's not it's going to pay works. for that. You know, <laughs> first of all, it's not how it works. Second of all, maybe depending on the scenario. Yeah. Right. But third of all, dude, if you if you own a restaurant and that restaurant gets burned down, insurance may reimburse you to rebuild that restaurant, but you're still losing six months yeah. to a year of your ability to pay your employees, your ability to um, to actually make that income, right? Yeah, so, and you're not going to build it back. I mean, depending on where you are, you may, but particularly whenever they're in these neighborhoods that are already kind of you know, yep. low income or, or something, something along those lines. And, and they burn somebody's business. Down. They're not building that back. They're going to take it to the suburbs and they're going to build it there or, or, yeah. or not do it at all. Yeah. Um, or not do it at all. Exactly. Um, but, but yeah. So, so I think, you know, and again, this is not to excuse what happened, um, but the Capitol building is going to have new, probably bulletproof windows a month from now after this. And you know, who's going to pay for it? You and me, you know, when I go burn down, you know, Uncle Joe's crab shack or whatever in downtown New York, that's that dude's livelihood. Uncle Joe's crab. So that sounds is. like a real sketchy crab shack. Yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever. I don't think I'm going to that one. <laughs> <laughs> you get the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only the only other aspect of this, and we'll kind of move on, that kind of relates to whataboutism, um, I would say is I heard the criticism that, um, well, the reason why they're calling out uh, which I think this is stupid for a number of reasons that we already mentioned, but I think there's further reasons why this is stupid. But but somebody said, said well, the reason why they called them out is because that's their tribe, right? These are the Christians. Oh, class. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and the BLM activists, they're not necessarily the Christians, which I find kind of funny because it's usually like the woke people saying it. I'm like, so you're saying that the people you hang out with are all pagans. Doesn't that kind of tell you something about their, their right. <laughs> about what they're teaching? But of course, it's not exactly true anymore. Five years ago, you might have been able to make this case back in 2015, whenever this started with the riots over uh, Michael Brown, uh, mm-hmm. you might have been able to make that case that, that there weren't a lot of Christians at those riots uh, and there weren't a lot of Christians even at those protests. Right. That's not really the case anymore, though. Like we got people popping out of seminary like crazy that are woker. Than oh, ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's my biggest criticism of that is I don't understand where the evidence is. And they're like, well, there's a there's a, a big Jesus flag they had. And I'm like, yeah, that that's there's literal pastors marching at some of these <laughs> at some of these yeah. Black Lives Matter. Events. Absolutely. Like, uh, absolutely. You know, so it, that's kind of why I say, there's, that just dude, there is pastors of reformed churches marching at this. stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's not to say like, man, you know. Here, here's what I'll say about that in general. Okay. I'm not the guy that's going to, that's going to say with certainty, if you engage in a black lives matter protest or uh, Antifa rights, a little bit different, but if you engage in a black lives matter protest, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to say, Hey, you're not a, you're not a brother in Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. What I will say is I'm going to have a conversation with you. And if it's clear that you're a Marxist, you know, I'm not going to fellowship with you. I'm not going to treat you as a brother in Christ, but I, that's, that's not my job to say, Hey, um, you're in or you're out. You know what I mean? That, that sort of thing. 
But what I will say is um, for, for these guys that are doing it, there's a different standard that we have to hold pastors, elders, deacons to. So when these dudes from these reformed churches are out there and they're supporting a organization that by its own set of standards wants to destabilize the nuclear family, undermine capitalism, you know, uh, is an ally for LGBTQ and more specifically the trans stuff, right? It's all part of the package for the organization. So these guys need to have a little bit more discernment and a little bit more, um, you know, rational thought, even if they buy into the nonsense of uh, thinking there's discriminate discriminatory uh, policing practices, stuff of that nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so that's just kind of, I agree with you. I think there's way too much of that that's going on from Christian leaders uh, right now from people that are specifically fresh out of seminary, specifically fresh out of Southeastern and covenant. Yeah. And uh, you know, a couple of the more, a couple of the more left leaning of the conservative denominational schools. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So that, that's about it on, on the whataboutism stuff, I guess. Um, um, uh, there are some other, other criticisms that we could go into. Um, I think one, one that was kind of important that you had mentioned was the, the notion that, and, and we see this everywhere. We see this from some of our leaders in, in evangelicalism, and we also see this from a lot of people on the left in general. Um, this, this notion that, that uh, if these protesters were black or Black Lives Matter protesters, then they would have been mm-hmm. basically all shot on sight. And, and what's funny yep. is within Treated that, radically differently. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pull up a uh, Eric Mason tweet here real quick. Um, Eric Mason... Sure. It's a good example of this. Uh, uh, I actually should have used this as a transition to this topic because. Uh, oh, sad day. I forget. I'm blocked by Eric Mason. Hold on. I got to go to another account. Oh, no. You got to. <laughs> that uh... happened pretty. You know, I got blocked by him. This is a pretty good stuff. I got blocked. I no was like, way. I was the original block. Okay. <laughs> I, I think okay. I was the first person of our he entire. He was first. Of everyone that we know. Okay. To get blocked by Eric Mason. Because it was when he first started talking about this stuff and he said, uh, he said, oh, I still can't find his account. I know he doesn't have this one blocked. Um, he said, um, come on now, where is it? There he goes. Okay. But he, back then he said that uh, white people, or no, black people couldn't be racist. It was that whole thing. Oh, of was, like the power structures and stuff. And my response yeah. to him. My response to him was, okay, well, my black, my, my boss is black. His boss is black. His boss is black. I said, within that power structure, can I, can they be racist against me? <laughs> and of course he shared with me like his book and like some other book. You need to read yeah. this. You need to go read this. I can't even explain it to you. You don't even understand what you're coming. Yeah. <laughs> and of I'm course. like, and then block me. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. But I hold, I hold myself in, uh, as, as. Yeah. It, it's impossible for me to be racist. Says the guy with a, a platform five times, well, shoot, 50 times bigger than mine, a house five times bigger than mine, an income 20 times bigger than mine, you know. Like, get out of here, dude. It's it's absolute nonsense. Yeah. While you're yeah, pulling that yeah. up, so, I think it's interesting. I was reading a uh, 
I was reading a review of a book and I won't go into specifics right now, but it, essentially it was talking about how um, during essentially Lenin's takeover of what became the Soviet Union, right? Um, mm -hmm. How everyone thinks it was really kind of the, uh, you know, the workers rising up and, and essentially they were unhappy because the leaders of the government weren't working for them or whatever, you know. But the book was kind of breaking down how then really what it was, was it was um, kind of more like high profile academic types that were the ones that were pushing that, that had yeah. a higher status in society, which I just thought was interesting because it's such a parallel to what we have now. I mean, who, who are the, who are the greatest purveyors of socialism in our country? It's the multi, multi, multi millionaire movie stars. And I always say yeah. you should never trust a millionaire socialist. You know, I mean, I think that's, that should go without saying, um, <laughs> but it is what it is. Did you find the, what oh, you yeah, were yeah, I got it. So he said, uh, he said, Oh, and if you still don't believe that this country doesn't, I think he messed up here. I think he meant to me, if you still don't believe this country. Oh yeah. Still don't believe. I don't know. I'm just going to read it again. Anyway, I think I just read it wrong. I thought he messed it up for a second there, but I think I just read it wrong. He said, Oh, if you still don't believe that this country doesn't have racist systems, blacks protest peacefully and the national guard shows up white people climb walls and burst into rooms and no guards ps breaking perimeter on fed buildings calls for kill shot but yeah i'm crt so basically he's saying i think you messed that first that first uh, part of the sentence up but basically he's saying if you still don't believe that there's systemic racism well look at all these white people who uh didn't get killed um, whenever yeah. they stormed a Capitol building. And if they were black people, they all would have been shot on sight because that's the policy. They negated the policy of just shoot anybody that walks in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, so I'm older enough to remember. I mean, I think, you know, the, in my opinion, the best counter argument to this is when the third precinct building in Minneapolis got burnt to the ground, essentially. And what did the city leaders and the police department do? And I don't know if you remember this, but it was in kind of the immediate aftermath, like a week or so, a few days or so after uh, George Floyd's death. And essentially what happened was these protests every night, right? When the sun would go down, the protests were getting violent. They were turning into riots. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it was when you saw it on TV, it was when they were shooting fireworks and throwing uh, Molotov cocktails at cops and cop cars and all of this kind of stuff. And what happened was the rioters were closing in on this third precinct building. And I just want to read you something from a, um, from an article that I pulled up mm -hmm. uh, just from when that actually happened. This is the one and from I, Daily I, Mail. Uh, this is actually from um, APMreports.org. So I don't yeah. think it's, it, I don't think it's really a partisan take on it. I mean, just reading through the whole article, it seems to lean a little bit left. But really what it is, is just kind of like a recounting of what happened. But listen yeah. to this. It says, when officers are under attack, the typical tactic has long called for responding with force, said Sid Heal, a retired police commander and an expert in police emergency operations. We will tell you to stay away. We'll tell you to knock it off if you're throwing things, said Heal, who helped oversee the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department response to the riots in the 1990s. But at some point in time, it's going to get real, and it's not going to look like what you believe police officers should be doing on TV. But city leaders had decided they couldn't sanction that level of violence. As Frey would later argue, a building can be rebuilt. Lives can. We were faced with a decision, the mayor said. If people continued to enter the building, hand-to-hand -hand combat was almost definite. Serious bodily injury was likely and death was possible. Faced with this decision between protecting a brick-and-mortar structure on one hand and protecting life, 
both of the officers as well as the general public, i.e. rioters, I'm protecting life. That's what he says. And so then what proceeds to happen? The city government, from the mayor down to the police chief, go on to order all the police officers of this third precinct building to evacuate it, to flee, and to let rioters burn it to the ground. Do you know how many of these rioters were killed that night? Zero. Zero. Absolutely zero. And they burned an entire police precinct to the ground. Yeah. I'm not talking... I'm not talking they tore down a statue or a monument or they spray painted BLM on, on a business. I'm talking they burned a police station to the ground and no one was killed. Someone was killed. Someone was shot at these Capitol protests, right? Yeah. So it's like that in, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, um, it's like that in, uh, Portland too, where you had Chaz or Chad or whatever, whatever they were calling it by the end of it. For um, months at a time. Yeah, for months. They had entire city blocks. Within those city's blocks were police departments. They had abandoned yep. those police departments, and, and the people yep. running Chaz had, had taken taken over these police departments. Yeah. And and what what finally happened to bring that Chaz thing to, uh, to closure? If you remember, somebody died, but they yeah. didn't die because of they, police brutality, police violence. They died because there was a... Uh, some interpersonal conflict among the occupants of jazz, you know? So dude, it's just crazy. So my reaction to this is, you know, when we look at what the news media says, um, anytime something like this happens, the entirety of the media is on TV the next day talking about defund the police, police reform, all this kind of stuff, right? The major big Eva leaders, especially to especially Russell Moore, these guys, uh, you know, to would be calling for defund the police, Russell Moore would be calling for, you know, we, we weep with those who weep over systemic violence or whatever weasel words they're going to use that day, you know. But my reaction to this is, I think he's right, man. I think if this was BLM protesters that had stormed the Capitol, I think if it would have been a black woman that would have climbed through that window and got shot, I do think the reactions would be radically different. I think every single news, major news outlet would be calling for police reform and would be talking about how terrible it was for her to be shot. You heard yep. nothing of that with the woman that was shot. You don't, you probably don't even know what her name was because the media don't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We know think, this because it's yeah. not so. So of course, of course there's outrage whenever there's a police shooting that is unjustified. Right. But there's in there's outrage when police shootings of black people when they're, when it's when they're completely just completely justified yeah. Yeah, yeah you're you're coming at the cops with a knife yeah yeah exactly exactly running a cop with a knife there was there was protest over a guy who shot at cops through his car like a few days ago and and, and, and you know yeah. it's it's you're right you're right you're 100 right if 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 it was the other way around if that girl who climbed through the window who i believe a lot of people don't some some people not a lot of people i think a lot of most people agree with me but but some people will get annoyed with me for saying this, but do you deserve to get shot? Like people always want to go, this person doesn't deserve to get shot. Well, nobody like deserves to die. Most of the time they, they, they get killed in a situation like that. Right. There's a difference between deserve and, and was it justified because of the, the context. Yeah. Right. So did she, did she deserve to get shot? I, I don't know. Probably not. But considering the context, 
from what we from what we know, can we make a judgment that it wasn't justified? No, absolutely not. Th- no. There there has to be more information. There has to be a case played out. And in general, it's kind of like the old saying: you play stupid game, you win stupid you prizes. Win stupid like prizes. Yeah. when when the Secret Service blocks barricades a door because they don't want you walking through it, and then yep. you you walk through us, you try to climb through what appeared to be a smashed window while Secret Service is around the corner. Sticking there. Here, actually, I have my pistol with me, so I can make this more real. While they're around the corner doing this number, pointing yeah. a gun at your face, and you still climb through, what did you think was going to happen? Right? But that's not the reaction if she's black. Guaranteed. Of course not. Well, no, absolutely not. If she was a black Trump supporter, it might be. But it's not the, well, that's sure, not the response well, she if she's be, a Black Lives Matter. In that actress. case, she wouldn't be black, right? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. But no, and, and that's the thing, man. I have no issue with the with the play stupid games, win stupid prizes mentality for, for this woman. And I'm not, dude, I mean, you know, she's, she's, a, she was a military veteran, right? So like, obviously yeah. my heart goes out to her. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure she was doing what she thought was right. But, but to be honest, man, a lot of these people that get injured at these BLM protests and whatnot are doing what they think is right too. Right. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really yeah. matter what they think is right. It matters if what they're doing is right or not. And what she was doing was not right. So if people want to take the mentality of play stupid games, win stupid prizes, I'm sympathetic to that. I even lean towards that myself, right? As cold hearted as it might be. But dude, I do not want to hear that from the media. I do not want to hear that from big evil leaders who have done nothing but whine at fully justified Michael Brown type shootings. Yeah. For years, and not even just for nine months, for years, you know. Yeah, yeah it's clearly as you talked about earlier. It's it's clearly partiality, um, and it this is. is so obvious, so obvious for these people to go on these self righteous rants about the fact that that uh that well well if they were black if they were black they, they would have just shot them all like okay like <laughs> that's so the stupid. evidence does not bear that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, um, I think, I, I think that kind of sums up what we were going to talk about on that particular subject. Uh, we did have a couple things we wanted to get into that they were kind of glossed over. Um, yeah. um but I guess a bunch of stuff we... got buried after the nonsense of this week, yeah, man. dude, it it's, like... it's funny because there were, <laughs> there were several people that dropped some bombs before this happened. And then, you know, people responded to them for a day or whatever. And then Wednesday happened and everything changed. So yeah, I think. I think uh, we can get into that a little bit and just kind of give our thoughts on it because um, the reality is, man, the biggest impact of this Capitol building storming is going to be how the left uses it to try to um, undermine the conservative movement as a whole in the coming years, right? Yeah. Other than that, though, the stuff that Big Eva has been saying that's not related to this beforehand Dude, this is where the church is going. This is where the PCA is going. This is where the SBC is going if it remains unchecked. And it sure doesn't seem like anybody has the uh, testicular fortitude, if you will, to check it right now. Yes, yes. Very small cojones on most of these people. <laughs> but uh, but to give to give an example of what you're talking about, of the direction the SBC is going, is the, like the fact that this tweet I'm about to read can be put out there and nobody bats an eye. Um, Jackie Hill Perry, this was on January 6th. Uh, this was in the morning. So this this was literally dropped right before all the chaos happened. So it got almost no attention. Um, she said, we love that y'all love. Un- oh, my goodness. There's too many. We love that y'all love the unborn. 
but we will not let y'all hate us. And then at the bottom, it says black people, as if like, this is black people speaking, right? See, see um, man, she didn't, she didn't code switch for you uh, because she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't want to be a part of your racist system. That's why you're having trouble. Yeah, reading it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why, I'm, <laughs> that's why I'm having trouble reading it. It's definitely not my fault. It's not my reading comprehension. I know that much. Of course not. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but we're basically geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> that, we should just rename the show to basically geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but all right so i mean the obvious the obvious issue with this is is that um or the obvious irony i should say of this is that she's talking about we don't y'all to we're not going to let y'all hate us this is one of the most hateful tweets that that i've seen yeah. this whole week <laughs> like what like you're what you're saying is yeah. that is that white people essentially don't love and i'll kind of here let me uh let me go to my response to it because she elaborated too. So of course I said, this is ironically a very hateful tweet. And then I noticed that she responded to, to some things that were being said because people were like, Oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> and, and so she said, reasonable. Uh, what does it mean? Referring to the tweet. What I, what I value love about many white evangelicals is their unabated commitment to the lives of the unborn. So she's trying to twist it like, no, this is really a compliment. And then she goes on to as say, as long as you don't vote for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, You're allowed not, to love the unborn as long as you don't ever do anything about it. Yeah. So what she's essentially saying is that, and then the next one says, uh, I mean, the one before that says, um, this is not, I'm not talking about pro-life people necessarily, right? So essentially what she's saying is like, I'm not talking about pro-life people. I'm talking about white evangelicals. As if somehow this makes this statement better. <laughs> like, like yeah. I'm not saying that pro-life people are racist. I'm just saying that all the whiteies are racist. First, first of all, yes, you were. Yeah. The example you used yeah. was pro-life individuals. That's the, like, I can't say, you know what I really respect about uh, black people is X, but I really hate how they do Y, right? First <laughs> yeah. of all, that would be a, that would be a racist statement. But then I can't turn around in the next tweet and say, no, I didn't mean Y, I meant Z. That's stupid. The example yep. she gave was for life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And, the, and the thing about this is, is so, so what does she mean, right? What she means is Raphael Warnock won the Senate race, okay? First black senator uh, from Georgia, okay? Uh, if you're familiar with Raphael Warnock, and I know you are, but for the audience, I mean, you can find clip after clip after clip of everything from this guy praising Farrakhan to, um, you know, making excuses for Castro, talking about how his history is complicated, just like America's history is complicated, uh, advocating for, for Marxists. I mean, there's a quote of him saying, you know, I really like this Pope and the Pope says he's not a Marxist, but I know a lot of Marxists and they're great guys, you know, that sort of thing. So just blatantly, you know, might as well be James Cone uh, in the same vein as James Cone. Kind of like James Cone was to Christian liberalism, what Farrakhan is to liberal Islam, you know what I mean? With, yeah. with the black power stint. It's the same kind of concept there, right? Mm -hmm. So what she's saying is, hey, this guy got elected. That's the context that undergirds her statement. And then her statement is, I love how my white evangelicals, you know, are pro-life and care for the unborn. But we said that you will not, what was it? Silence us, hate us. You will not hate us. Right. Yeah. So in other words, 
unless you vote Raphael Warnock into the Senate, you hate black people. I mean, yeah. I don't think I'm putting words in the, in her mouth to say that. Now, of course she would say that I am, right? But yeah. if that's the context that undergirds the statement, what else does it mean? And that's the thing with so many of these big Eva guys is, okay, you always want to tell me what you're not saying. Tell me what you are. And they never will. Because if they tell me what they're saying, then I can take them to task for it, right? Then we can have a conversation about it. Then I can take them to scripture. Then they might have to provide an exegetical defense. That's why they'll never tell you what they mean. But their followers sure seem to know what they mean. Yeah. I don't know. They'll always always keep it very vague. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, this is why uh this why I I I don't see how you could look at somebody like people get upset when you say this sort of thing, but I don't see how you can look at somebody like like a Russell Moore, uh um yeah. like a JD Greer and not go, they seem like snakes. Yeah. They do everything they can to 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 keep things vague when it comes to what they're talking uh what they're talking about until it suits them. Um, until yeah. it's going to be to their benefit, and then then they'll tell you, like with the like with the capital, the storming of the Capitol, that they're perfectly clear about. BLM, not so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting, yeah. and and it's, you know, I brought this point up a little bit a little while ago on Twitter, but a lot of these guys, not necessarily Russell Moore, because he's he's basically been a career liberal activist, right? I mean, to the to the point that he was literally a campaign. Uh, he worked on the campaign of democratic um, politicians prior to, you know, joining the ERLC. Right. So anyway, he's pretty much, he's not the greatest example here, but some of these guys um, that are getting caught up in the woke stuff, I'm thinking specifically Ligon Duncan. I'm Mm -hmm. thinking John Piper, you know, those are two big names that come to mind. I'm thinking um, David Platt. Right. Um, I'm thinking who's that guy out of Dallas. Uh, the guy, I think he had brain cancer, but he kicked it. Oh, Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler. Yeah, he's another one. The, uh, the reason that – sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, the reason these guys – <laughs> Yeah, the, the reason these guys had platforms in the first place is because they were so bold about theological issues, gospel implications, things of that nature, right? Yeah. So you can't tell me – and you'll, you'll take somebody like, you know um, – I think it, I think it was uh, I'm not you fill in who this was if you remember I'm sure you will uh, but it's a it's a theme that you hear a lot which is people will say you know judge me based upon my 30 years of faithful ministry to the gospel and and read me um, you know essentially they're saying give me the benefit of the doubt when it comes to these issues that sounds like um, Albert Moeller or Danny Aiken. But I'm not sure. I think it was more, and I think it was at the um, the the kind of shepherds conference debacle when that it's got brought up, it. and it got really awkward. Um, yeah. Somebody can fact check me if if I'm wrong on that. But uh, but whether or not it's specifically Albert Moeller, um, who I, who I generally you know people give him all kinds of grief. That I don't generally do that. I tend to pick the more target rich environments, right? But whoever yeah. said that, I think it's it's a trend that permeates Big Eva, right? And the biggest response and rebuttal to that needs to be, no, man, I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt because the only reason I would give you the benefit of the doubt based upon your 30 years of faithful ministry is because you were so bold in proclaiming truth for 30 years, Yeah, right? 
If you're going to turn around now and use weasel words, be as vague as possible, never explain what you mean and only tell me what you're not saying, you don't get to fall back on the benefit of the doubt of what you did well in ministry for 30 years. You're doing the exact opposite of that right now. Exactly. And that's that's exactly how wolves operate. They don't come in teaching heresy day one. Like, I remember, I remember uh, John Piper was given a sermon once. I can't remember what it was about, but at some point in it, he said, um, he was talking about, um, um, he was talking about wolves essentially, and and, and yeah. how and how they they will show themselves as as being orthodox and that sort of thing. And and he said, and he said, so if I ever one day fall away from the faith and start teaching things that are heretical, essentially. Yeah. Then you should consider me an unbeliever, right? Because, because that's what wolves do just because I've spent 30 years teaching the correct things and being extremely bold in these other areas doesn't mean that it excuses some heresy that I teach 20 years from now. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's just obvious. I mean, it's kind of the, I'm, I'm saying kind of the same thing you were just saying, but but it's, you know, that's just obvious. But, um, but yeah, and the, the other thing that I find about, about this uh, tweet from, from Jackie Hill Perry um, is that, and we're kind of talking about it a little bit here, is that there's nobody condemning this. Like the reason why it's a problem is not because Jackie Hill Perry tweets it because Jackie Hill Perry just has a little bit of celebrity status, mainly because she used to be a gay Christian and she came out. Um, yeah, um, wrote a book about it. Yeah, yeah, I wrote a book about it. And, you know, that's kind of to be expected in any environment that you're going to have people that pop up like that. And you can't really take what they say too seriously um, sure. beyond beyond the fact that they're going to influence some people. But the, the problem is, is that she is endorsed by Big Eva and then nobody ever says anything whenever she says crazy stuff like this. And, and to give yeah. another example of, of something that and this kind of going back to our original topic for this the, for this episode. Um, but to give another example, um, not to backtrack too much, but but. Um, Anthony Bradley tweeted out the other day talking about the Capitol stuff. He says, closer to my mic here, um, he says, critical race theory will never turn into 1812 lawlessness. And of course, by 1812 lawlessness, he's also making a reference to the Capitol being stormed. Um, he says, four people are dead because of Christian nationalism, which calling this Christian nationalism is a whole other topic. Um, can someone tell the SBC president, 1689ers, discernment bloggers slash Shinvi fans, I love how he hates Shinby. One of the most like yeah. chill guys. One of the most. Well, like, so so I don't want to, since we're, since we're diverging for a second. Yeah, I, you go know, for it. I, I can reread I the tweet in a minute. Go for it. No, I, I don't want to get like way too into this because it's a totally <laughs> different topic, but it's so funny to me. Did you watch uh, Shinby and John Harris's conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good okay. stuff. That was one of it my favorite good. conversations ever. <laughs> I yeah, love it, stuff like it, that because it, it was so. It was good, but it's so funny to me because Shinzi kept trying to hit John with this idea that um, Anthony Bradley, because he wrote the book, um, I forget, Liberating Black Theology. He wrote the book Liberating Black Theology, which which was essentially a critique of Cone. Yeah. And then someone who John Harris was being critical of had assigned that book as mandatory reading for their class on critical race theory. So that's kind of the background. And Shinby kept on hitting him with like, you know, how can you say this guy is a CRT advocate teaching CRT when he assigns Anthony Bradley's book? And he, he was like, he was kind of, 
Like, you know, Shinvi's just the most winsome of winsome. But he was actually yeah. kind of being a jerk about it. You know, he was like, yeah, you yeah. don't even know who Anthony Bradley is. You haven't read his book. You just saw something that he said on Twitter. And so now you don't, you, you know, you maybe think he's CRT, but you haven't read what he said, which um, is another topic all on its own. But it's just funny to me that he kept trying to pummel John with Anthony Bradley being one of the good guys. And Anthony Bradley just constantly dumps on him all yeah. the time on Twitter. Yeah. Like, it's just it's just funny to me it's it's kind of an aside but it does uh, sorry go ahead man no no you're yeah, right it is funny. it's all the time it's all the time he's always he's always talking about yeah, he's, he's always got something to say about old shinby i know it's, it's funny nice nicer to than anybody huh yeah and of course meanwhile he'll retweet uh brad mason who to my knowledge has a high school diploma <laughs> and that's the extent of his uh yeah you know a- academic uh prowess in it when it comes to critical race theory but whatever yeah that's that's a funny thing is they they uh their, their whole basis for not liking shimby is that uh, it's essentially that he's he's not an elitist in the way that they are like he doesn't have the correct degrees and yeah. credentials and whatnot yeah, yeah he has then, a, he has a phd in in chemistry not in sociology you know Kind of yeah, the same yeah. thing with Lindsay, right? He's got a PhD in math, not a PhD in sociology. He doesn't have a PhD in leftism, so we can't take anything he says seriously. Like, Let, that's what it comes down to. What's kind of funny is is you, um, you know, it's 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 this, and they know they're doing this. They're they're, they're making this weird thing where where if you don't have the right degrees, right, you, you can't you can't speak on certain topics. But the problem Unless is you that agree with all of the yeah. degrees in that topics are just are just like uh oh what's what's the term for it they're just activist programs to teach you how oh, to absolutely. think or what what to think a, i mean i don't know why i said how to think it's a so, it's a sociology program and to get a phd in in critical race theory you know which i mean obviously there's not a field of study that you're not going to get a phd in critical race theory you know what yeah. i mean but to get a PhD in a sociological field where African you studies or something CRT like that work exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's what it is. You you write a you write a dissertation where you complain about capitalism for 75 pages, <laughs> and then it gets peer reviewed, which means you send it to your friends that agree with you, and, and they say, Yeah, this is a good take on why capitalism is bad, and now you have doctor in front of your name. You know, yeah yeah you have to affirm all of the false it's narratives laughable exactly exactly it's, yeah. it's it's ridiculous you have to affirm all of the false narratives um in, in yeah. order to be successful at getting a phd in one of these fields that they demand you have a phd in to be able to talk on the subject it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's and if you read theses and phds from people that come out of these programs um they don't dude it's not like they're laying out a systematic case as to why systemic racism exists against X group in America. And here's all this factual and statistical data, right? No, they assume that America is systemically racist. And then that's their starting point and everything else built upon that. So it's like, well, dude, okay. Yeah. If you, if you just start with your conclusion and then you send your 75 page paper to 12 other people that agree with you already, Cool, man. I'm more impressed with Shinvi's chemistry PhD and yeah. and Lindsay's math PhD. You know, you'll have to forgive me on that. Sorry. 
But anyway, exactly. dude, sorry, we got I got way off on a tangent there. No, 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 it's, it's, uh, I think that was that was a worthwhile worthwhile back and forth <laughs> here. But so so the reason that that I I kind of brought this up initially just to kind of pull us back is uh um this tweet by Anthony Bradley. My main point was going to be that that uh you don't see just like they don't oppose the Jackie Hill Perry tweet, which I was kind of saying that she's not quite as significant of a figure. You could maybe excuse that. Well, I mean, eh, they know that she's not a thing. They're not going to blast her online, you know, that sort of thing. Maybe they yeah. talk to her in private or whatever. But Anthony Bradley, like as you just alluded to, he has written books that are used in seminaries. Like, if I'm yep. in that right? Well, yeah, so that a book um, used in- I think it was Strickland. I think it was Strickland uh, when he taught his class assigned liberating black theology um, as one of the textbooks. Right. But, but I mean, there was no context there, like, okay, fine. You know, and, and that's, and, you know, John Harris made the good point of uh, what evangelicals tend to do is they'll tend to reject something like black liberation theology, or even if you go back two years ago, they'll reject CRT, but they'll mm-hmm. pull elements from that. And then they'll obviously incorporate it and synthesize it with their other political uh, views of orthopraxy and stuff like that. And then, yeah, okay. You, you functionally, you have black liberation theology or you have critical race theory by a different, by a different name. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, so anyway, my point being that Anthony Bradley is very well thought of. So whenever he tweets this out and I'll kind of run yeah. through it real quick again, uh, critical race theory will never turn into 1812 lawlessness Four people are dead because Christian nationalism, not CRT, uh, which is critical race theory. Can someone tell the SBC president, 1689ers, discernment bloggers, Shinvi fans, et cetera, to fight the real fight for once. And, and so this is, this is a, this part of the tweet, this, this initial tweet is absurd on the surface because we've just watched CRT caused destruction for the last seven months. And, but mm-hmm. so somebody brings that up, right? So somebody brings that up. They say, where is it? Here we go. So somebody says, um, this is Kenneth Ortiz on Twitter and follow him at Kenneth Ortiz. Um, he says, actually CRT is largely responsible for the riots that caused lots of devastation all last summer. What's Bradley's response? No, actually a police officer putting a knee on the neck of George Floyd and other officers on his back caused mechanical asphyxiation and death caused lots of devastation all over summer. You can conveniently for you conveniently forgot the actual context. So essentially what he's saying is that no, no, what really caused all these riots, what really caused the destruction for the last seven months is this particular incident where this officer killed this man, which is doing two things. I look at this, this is doing two things. Number one, it is literally excusing, the killing and the destruction that happened because it's saying it happened because of those people. It happened because of this incident. Right. And then the second thing is it is, it is, it is, uh, um, how did I put it? I, uh, I put it as it's basically, it's functionally, it's, it's literally excusing it and it's functionally endorsing it because, because what you're doing functionally is you're saying that it's, it's perfectly fine to do this violence. That's what you're doing functionally. Because it's not really your fault that you're doing it. It's yep. the fault of, of the cop who killed somebody that caused you to think that way to do it. Right. And so this yep. is just his excuse for saying CRT isn't there. But my main point with bringing this up is not necessarily that, although that's a true fact that CRT is the cause of, of a lot of the destruction that happens with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Um, but my main point is to bring up the fact that just like with the Jackie Hill Perry tweet, nobody will ever say anything about this. 
Danny Aiken, Russell Moore, Albert Moeller. You go go down the list. J.D. Greer, go down the list. Nobody will say anything about this that has any influence in Big Eva. Right, 100%. And it's kind of funny, isn't it, that um, no, you know, his argument is, no, it actually wasn't CRT that uh, that caused those riots. It was police putting the knee on the neck, et cetera. What is he doing there, dude? He's, he's employing CRT. the conclusions. Yeah, he's employing the conclusions of critical race theory. Because exactly. it's not that this guy was committing a crime, he had enough drugs in his system to kill a horse, and he was resisting arrest, and when the police were trying to subdue him, he unfortunately died. No, that's not what happened. What happened was the police in America are systemically racist and they set out to murder this guy because he's black. That's, yeah. that's the functional conclusion. And that is a critical race theory conclusion, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of functionally his argument is no, it wasn't CRT that caused this. It was this conclusion that we arrived at because of CRT. Okay. Yeah. Dude, sure. Yeah. <laughs> good, exactly. good for you, man. Exactly. Hey, exactly. I, I have one more. I want to talk about if you got a minute. Oh yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Um, so this is, uh, a guy that I, I generally like, he's a Lutheran. Uh, so we obviously disagree there. Right. But, uh, he generally seems to be on the right side of issues. Uh, Jordan B. Cooper, Dr. Jordan B. Cooper. I'm sure you're familiar. Oh, I was, with ho- I was hoping Twitter. it would be uh, Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think he likes me very much right now, but that's fine. Um, but this guy, Jordan B. Cooper, I know you're familiar with this tweet. He said, uh, the problem with this blatant condemnations of CRT in the church is that there's not a clear definition of exactly what constitutes CRT. For something to be declared heresy in a proper sense, one has to actually be able to define what the heretical error is. And this is kind of a sentiment that we get a lot in different forms, right? So, so Cooper, I think, is a little bit on the outside looking in because to be honest, man, I don't think in the Missouri Senate of Lutherans, which I believe he's a part of, mm-hmm. I don't really think they're experiencing that much of this CRT stuff. I could be wrong on that. If any Lutheran listeners want to throw spears my way, that's fine. Um, but I think really what he's doing is he's kind of looking at what's going on in the PCA and SBC. But it's yeah. funny because you hear versions of this employed by people like Beth Moore. You remember a month or so back, her deal was, you know, I've asked and asked and asked for someone to explain to me in four sentences or less what critical no, race it. theory is and nobody can do it, you know. And, and of course, the absurdity of, hey, we have this system of thought that no one can explain or define, but we're going to adopt it with a yeah. resolution and call it a useful analytical tool. So yeah. that's absurd on its face. We don't even need to go into that, right? Yeah. But the big thing that I want to point out here with Cooper, and I want your thoughts on it as well, is he says the problem with this blanket condemnation of critical race theory in the church is there's not a clear definition of exactly what constitutes critical race theory. Okay. That alone, disregard all of critical race theory's conclusions, that alone is a reason to reject critical race theory wholesale. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a system of thought that cannot be clearly defined, it cannot be useful to the church. You know, one thing I haven't heard people point out to uh, with all of this, um, and I haven't really said anything about it because I've been trying to collect my thoughts on it, but what this kind of shows about critical race theory too, if it, whenever it gets hard to define a term, a lot of times it's more than just something simple. Like, so for instance, 
Um, if you ask me to define capitalism, I can define capitalism for you pretty simply, mm-hmm. right? If you ask me to define socialism, I can define it pretty simply. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and there's, there's a number of terms that, that aren't just economic like that. Obviously, you can go down a whole list of things that are really easy to define that are, that are related to politics in some way or culture or whatever, right? Whenever sure. you get to CRT, one of the reasons it's really difficult to define is because it is a worldview. Yes, it's, correct. it's not just simply capitalism, which is correct. free market, which is, which, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just something that's very simple to define. It's because yeah. it's a worldview and worldviews <laughs> tend to have a lot of components to them. And you can pull out yes. individual components, which is what I would do if somebody asked me to define it. I'll go, okay, you really want a definition of what I'm, what I'm saying is wrong about it, essentially, right? You want to hear what my definition of, of the bad parts of it, essentially, because that's all you can do with a worldview. Well, then, yeah, it's because it assumes systemic racism because of, of, of differences, because of certain disparities that don't necessarily conclude racism. Because it, it, exactly. it assumes systemic racism because of individual anecdotal incidents that aren't necessarily played out in statistical data showing that there is systemic racism. It just assumes yeah. it because it is a worldview that, that has that assumption built into it. And obviously, that's not all that CRT is. It's not all it no, is, but, it's but it, is, it is, but it is something that if you read any of these major CRT authors, right, from D'Angelo to Kendi to the more academic types on, right, mm-hmm. um, that is something that they share. They yeah. share that starting assumption that America is systemically racist based upon these factors, and these factors are generally, um, you know they'll point to an inequality and they'll say the existence of this inequality uh, or inequity rather is, is definitional of racism, you know, and that is shared and that is not biblical. And that is something that the church should wholesale reject. Right now. uh, So, so, you know, that's fine. I I don't want to get too much more into that. That's kind of a, uh, I, I think his point is, I don't know if we can declare this formal heresy unless it's clearly defined, right? Just given Dr. Cooper the benefit of the doubt, I'll assume that's what he's saying. But dude, I'm not really concerned if we're calling it formal heresy or not. I'm more concerned yeah. if the church is rejecting it because it's it's not only unbiblical, but anti-biblical in its conclusions and in its uh, worldview. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you know, um, I th- I'm not going to look this up because it would take way too long to look it up. But uh, Jacob Brunton had a really good response to him. He said, okay, fine then. Uh, let's not use CRT. Um, assuming systemic racism when there's no evidence for it is, is um, I don't know if he called it heresy, but he, he called it unbiblical. Is it, and, is it this? He says, uh, how about this? Justice based on needs equals heresy. Yes. Racism defined as judging people by their character rather than their skin color equals heresy. People have special authority on issues because of their skin color equals heresy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and I would I would argue all three of those are key tenets of critical race theory. They they Absolutely. may have slightly different versions of getting to them. You know what I mean? Um, some are a little friendlier to capitalism. Some are completely anti-capitalist. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, those three things are are Harrison. I, I mean, I agree with Jacob completely on that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And um, um, what, what time is it? 
It's probably yeah, probably it's, about it's time five. To, yeah, probably about time, time to close to wrap it, up. it up. We'll save. We had one more from uh, KSP, but I feel like that's that's something uh, that KSP tweeted on the hospitals and the pro life, whatever you know that stuff. And but that's uh, that's one we could do a whole topic on. So so we're probably gonna sum it up there. Um, so all the all the normal outro stuff. Uh, I you can find me at Matt Travis Media on pretty much every platform. Um, I'm obviously on parlor and gab as we said before uh twitter facebook pretty much everywhere at matt Travis media you can find dave at agent of polemics on parlor twitter um where else are you are you on gab i'm not no uh, um, you gotta get on gab it really annoys yeah, me I'm, I'm considering it um dude i just haven't got around to it is is the honest answer there you know yeah it really annoys me that gab got that bad rap at the beginning you know you know the guy that owns that he's a christian i think he might even be a reformed christian I did not know that. No. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I know it, it originally kind of had the reputation of, you know, being a, a Nazi hive mind or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I assume that's I assume that's kind of died down since Yeah, it's died all, down it's some retarded and <laughs> you know, whatever, you get it. Well, those guys normally they're gonna thrive off of interacting with people too. So so it, it has died yeah. down some. More people have joined the platform, so it's a little more dispersed. Um, but but he he just kind of stood his ground and said, no, I don't care. I'm, I'm not banning them because the point of me creating this platform is to have free speech. I'm not going to ban ideas that I don't like. Um, and and that, that was his position. And then he got slandered as a Nazi. Even like Ed Stetzer went after him at one point um, um, or went after his platform. What a, what a shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he was getting like mean messages or something like that. <laughs> but but anyway, um but Sound yeah, yeah. it really annoys me that more people aren't on Gab because it's it's the best platform. It's better than Twitter. It's it's way better than Parlor. Like it's 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 excellent. They have they have so yeah, many. Yeah, Parlor's pretty really terrible nice. to be honest. Uh, <laughs> just from a from a from a UI perspective, it's yeah. not great. And I think everyone kind of admits that and recognizes that. And dude, the thing that I really don't love about Parlor, not to, sorry, Parlor, <laughs> not, to, not to dump on you guys. I mean, it's good what you're doing. Um, but just from a personal, you know, standpoint, dude, I, no one disagrees. It's just weird. You know what I mean? Like you, go, yeah. you get on parlor and it's like, you know, everyone, at least, and maybe it's just that I'm not on there much. So everyone that follows me and everyone I follow is people that I'm friends with on Twitter. That's honestly probably what it is, but like mm-hmm. nobody's ever on there, you know, tacitly endorsing critical race theory like it seems like everyone's a christian conservative <laughs> that that comes across the timeline and it's like oh cool if i just agree with everything i see it's not super fun yeah yeah well i mean you just got to start presuppositional conversations with there you uh, go that'll do it and cody and that'll that'll fix that <laughs> that will do it all right all right well let's sum this up so at matt travis media at agent of polemics you can find our stuff at libertytalks.net slash trolls i used to have it as libertytalks.net slash trollier dash than dash thou and then i realized that is an absurd thing to say every week so <laughs> if you go to that you'll still go to it because i have every possible version of it redirecting to the right link but nice libertytalks.net slash trolls figure that's a good that's it that's an easier one um but yeah so, so check that out uh you have any last words no, man. Uh, good times as always. Uh, what are we going to talk about le- next week? We should let the people know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we should hit on this Karen Swallow prior tweet. So she says, LA hospitals are so overwhelmed by COVID patients. Ambulance are being ordered to stop transporting patients to hospitals that they have virtually no chance of surviving the culture of death. We pro-life Christians warned about us here. We brought it. <laughs>
So essentially she's saying that pro-life Christians brought on the culture of death of COVID or something along those lines. But yeah, we'll, right. so we'll probably so, hit so on that. So next week's the COVID episode. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll do, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. And uh, I don't know, we might as well get on all sorts of stuff then. We could probably get into masks, probably into lockdowns. We can get into church closing, all kinds of stuff from, from, from that single tweet. We'll probably ramble on for an hour. So, so uh, if we don't man. bore you with this, then you probably won't be bored with that. But we'll see. <laughs> all, right. all right, man. You have a good one. Have a good one. See you.